2: Hello, and welcome back to Why Are You Like This? Taylor's version, as we tackle folklore. Hi, Shani. Folklore.
3: Folklore. <laughs>
2: folklore. Said, like, bar queen. <laughs> bar, yeah, bar queen. Folklore. Folklore. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, before, I mean, it's going to be part of the facts, but this album surprised us all. Taylor literally posted on her Insta, <laughs> but it's, like, people ask, like, where
3: were you when, like, certain events in the world happened? I'm like, where were you when Taylor Swift tweeted
2: out she was dropping an album at midnight? <laughs> it was what I, like, didn't believe... Sean told me, and I, like, didn't believe him. No. I, I <laughs> didn't even... I didn't know what... No,
3: I, There was just... We went from no expectations to only just, like, what the fuck is happening. It was amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: And for those of you who don't know me and are listening... Hi, thanks for listening. Um, I enjoy... <laughs> Um, setting a mood. I love a, I love a theme. And yes, 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 yes. So all we knew was the nine images Taylor put together on Instagram in a tweet that said, album coming. Midnight. Midnight, album coming. And this is, you know, July of 2020. We're still doing lockdown, still doing the dance. And, like, truly lockdown like
3: we Mm -hmm. we were we were this was like the beginning of us being like maybe we could maybe see friends in the park like if but we're not gonna post about it or tell anybody we're all just gonna do it and like not get canceled on the internet over it but it was like that weird like i think being outside is safe maybe we don't really know so we're like sad we're sad because it (laughs) is very sad summer it is summer um we're just doing insanity in our apartments every day. And by insanity, I mean the Beachbody workout. <laughs> yeah, if anybody has any questions about any of those.
2: <laughs> yeah. We could also do a Why Are You Like This Beachbody product. <laughs> uh, so we didn't know anything, but I said, you know what? We need an event. So Sean and I cleared the living room, put down blankets on the floor, brought my like way too big lamp out into the middle of the of the living room. Yeah, we fully like lit the floor. Mm-hmm yeah folklore on the floor folklore on the floor but we didn't we didn't know that we actually set up kind of the perfect vibe we partook in some
3: delicious candy Mm, that maybe elevated
2: the experience a little bit delightful it was about five milligrams weight wise
3: yeah like if you held it in your hand you'd be like that's a sensible (laughs) five maybe maybe seven milligrams of candy it's legal here now i don't give a shit (laughs) laid on the ground with our nice
2: headphones and began the journey of folklore
3: yeah oh no we put it on the soundbar oh yes out loud yes we was in it was loud it was in the space it was reverberating on the
2: walls and folklore became a part of us (laughs) Mm. and we do unfortunately live with a roommate who not unfortunately we love him (laughs) i we unfortunately live with a room we unfortunately have a roommate no we have a roommate who is very kind to us um but he uh isn't a taylor fan um so Thank you. That's on him. Thank you for being kind and letting us have this moment. So you ready for some facts? Let's do it. All right. So Folklore is Taylor Swift's eighth studio album that she recorded entirely remotely during quarantine. Yes. She pulled a Beyonce and dropped the full album on July 24th, 2020. Taylor Swift calls the album a collection of songs and stories that flowed like a stream of consciousness. Leaving the upbeat pop production of her previous albums behind, Folklore leans more towards indie folk, alternative rock, and explores themes of nostalgia, melancholy, romanticism, and empathy through a set of fictional characters. Do you like that? I wrote all that. You wrote all that? Yeah.
3: Oh, I thought that was like, oh, I thought that was
2: like a blurb you were reading. Oh my god, thank you.
3: Oh my god, are you a writer?
0: (laughs) So as a wow. producer,
2: Taylor was joined by uh, Jack Antonoff once again and Aaron Party. Dessner of The Nationale. In their first collaboration, right? Mm-hmm. Party. The album broke the record for biggest opening day by a female act on Spotify. It was Taylor's seventh consecutive number one album on the charts. She just can't. She can't <laughs> fail. It's impossible at this point. Became the best-selling album of 2020. And... It one album of the year. Well, yeah, oh, you're yeah. still going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the album <laughs> had four singles, which I don't really know how we count those right now. But again, I don't listen to radio. So that's probably <laughs> how that works. Yeah. I know I had one of them, but I didn't know there were three other ones. Yeah. So Cardigan, Exile, yeah. Betty, and The One were released in that order. Oh.
3: I didn't actually know that... Uh exile or the one or release the
2: singles yeah i ex- knew
3: that betty was because she did that on the cmt awards or whatever but
2: yeah i don't know that must really have to do with radio play and we don't have cars so
3: yeah that's us i know whenever i see like one like the la like songwriters people being like new song coming out here's my tiktok about it i'm in my car blast the music and i'm like we just
2: can't do that here well i'm like go to get an uber and be like hey can i have the ox cord <laughs> <laughs> Many critics have called Folklore the quintessential lockdown album. As Sean mentioned, Folklore won Album of the Year at the Grammys, making Taylor Swift the first female in history to win Album of the Year three times. That's so insane. When asked about the album's creation, Taylor said that she approached the album without subjecting herself to any of her previous rules. She said, "How will, usually she would think, "How will this song sound in the stadium? How will this song sound on the radio?" And if you take all the parameters away, what do you make?" And I guess the answer is folklore. Well, personally, i when I found out she was dropping this,
3: I was like, "Holy shit, all I've ever wanted is like an acoustic, folky Taylor
2: Swift album." Mm-hmm. Like I was like waiting for this, and then she dropped it like it was nothing. <laughs> like it was. Nothing. It was the fastest turnaround that we have ever seen from a Taylor album, from Lover to Folklore. Well, she even in the in the Long Pond sessions,
3: she like talks about it. She wrote it so fast, mm-hmm. like it's crazy how fast.
2: If for some reason you haven't watched the Long Pond studio sessions, it's literally the most inspiring thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Actively <laughs> pause this. We'll be here. Yeah. go watch it. Go watch it. Back. It's
3: on Disney Plus. Text me if you need a login. but it's so so good and like it's so rare that you get to hear artists talk so candidly about their
2: work especially when with their collaborators and
3: then do it it's just really fucking cool
2: i love it. it's really great it gave me my favorite thing that taylor does which i don't know quite how to describe this to y'all but i'm doing it for sean visually like oh yeah no i see it when she sings she has like um kind of like if you put your hand in water or like you feel like a witch yeah she does witch hands. She does witch hands when she sings, and she does fun?
3: it as like when she as she especially does it when she does like little like floaty notes. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like her way of like singing, like you when you do something because you're like you'll know you'll make that vocal quality. But especially on August, I love it because it happens so fast. She's like, and I can
2: see last
3: in them, and she's just doing a little witch hands. I love it.
2: But we, should we start? Sh- we should start at the top of the album.
3: We should. We have to. We, we have simply to. Must. The one. The piano chord started, and both of us went. oh oh <laughs> also just the first lyric i'm doing good i some new shit like taylor swearing off top new yeah grown up you know yeah it just like it just starts the album so well in such a way that's just like oh wow
2: like she really did something different and we're about to go on a fucking journey <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it's funny that the first things she says are i'm doing good i some new shit been saying yes instead of no and then I thought I saw you at the bus stop. I didn't though. Yeah. What happens to the bus stop? Who was going? Who's on the bus? I mean, well, just some some person. But she thought it was them. This is also a big thing when people talk about folklore about how Taylor has stepped outside what we have considered her wheelhouse of autobiographical songwriting and is writing about other characters and other stories. And she said during the process of making this, she had time because she was in quarantine to watch movies and read more than she ever has so oh yeah that's how she got like super inspired and like deals with these themes of romanticism and all that
3: and it's just such a it's such a like a liberating thing when you write a song that feel like when you write like a super
2: sad song like something devastating Mm -hmm. and you're like that had to do with no one right yeah (laughs) she's like uh i guess that was in me somewhere but it's not like about
3: me. It's like I said, like I've, we've been saying it all the time, but she's such an empathetic. She had like I'm a writer, like she's so full of empathy for people and for even like other people in her like real life relationships. But then this is so interesting because she has even
2: seemingly even more empathy for these people that don't exist. I did think when we got to the chorus, I thought she said tossing panties in the pool. Fully thought it was panties. I was like, hundred oh. percent. Another Starbucks lover's moment. It's literally like Taylor swears and she is literally skinny dipping. Great. She said, fuck these these undies. They're going in the water. They're going in the water.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, once I finally figured out it was pennies, I was like, that makes probably more sense. Way more. Way more sense. I was surprised this wasn't the single. Like the lead single. Yeah. Because
2: it's just so encompassing of like the whole album. But as we get to Cardigan, Cardigan slaps. Well, and I do think it's really interesting that she starts the album with an Aaron in her song, because I think sonically it shifts things, whereas like her and Jack, we like kind of know what her and Jack sound Sound like like. together. Yeah, they kind of have like a a language at this point. Mm -hmm. And for this album to take the direction that it did, I think this is like a really smart start to the whole thing and it's it's the song like encompasses so many things yeah it's just like it, yeah i can pretty
3: much mean anything to anybody like that's and that's kind of how i start to feel about the whole album is every song can hit a different point of your life despite being so specific
2: <laughs> yeah because it's a, i mean it's about like two people that are no longer in each other's lives but in a not angry way just kind of like when you meet up way later and like you're both fine yeah and that's beautiful and we love that
3: yeah but by the time the song ended i was like all right fuck and then cardigan started and i was like oh no she's gonna kill me she's
2: gonna kill us all and cardigan is part of taylor's teenage love triangle oh yes of course the tringle the tringle (laughs) so this one in theories is from the woman that was cheated on no this one's from betty's perspective this is betty this is betty
0: this, this is, is betty.
3: betty
2: this is betty this is betty's song
3: betty's song <laughs> this is betty's song when it's at the end of the musicale
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: she's like oh i'm old but man you put me through some shit but we ended up together
2: but you were an asshole <laughs> you were awful i was listening to this as i do before i record these things and yes, of course. the um i i know this is so simple but it like blew my mind that she uses literal high heels walking on cobblestones as the oh yeah percussion in this song is (laughs) 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 well and like that's what's so interesting i think about this whole album is
3: that they were saying like a lot of the ways that they worked on stuff was that aaron would just like have tracks made of like sounds and music that he had written and then she would just come in with these melodies and these words and i wonder if that started and she was like that sounds like cobblestones and like then all of a sudden she has an entire life written for this person and she's writing from the end of the life and then she's like how did i get there let me write all these other songs it's crazy like it's crazy that this is this is her version of i'm stuck inside and can't do the things that i want to do yeah <laughs> like her version instead of just like you know i went into power safe mode and drank a lot and watched a lot of survivor and she said let me create fucking worlds <laughs> <laughs> She'd probably write a really good fantasy novel, yeah. Detail. I think like absolutely. I mean, she already loves like all of the fantasy stuff. She could have done Lord of the Rings. Taylor Swift could have done Lord of the Rings, but Tolkien could not have done Cardigan. <laughs> Tolkien never even wore a cardigan. Fun fact.
2: <laughs> that I'm a little less sure of. It's just so dreamy, just to like, but I knew you dancing in your levi, da 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 da.
3: It's just, like, what I love about this song is that it's, like, sad and feels like a breakup song, but it's not. It's, like, a happy relationship looking back on when it was really, really bad. Mm. Um, But, like, oh, my God, the lyric. uh, Try to change the ending. Peter losing Wendy. I knew you. Leaving, like, a father running like water. Like, <laughs> just, like, she just, like, drops these little things that, like, make everything way more, like, rich and full of life. That are just like little passing things and i find this to be especially true on this album and evermore where like you'll just get a single small part of a lyric where
2: like an entire scene like a movie scene happens Mm -hmm. i like that she keeps saying throughout the song like when you are young they assume you know nothing but there's that whole section where she's like but i knew like i knew when i was young I knew you'd you'd linger like a tattoo kiss. I knew you'd be all my what ifs because I knew everything when I was young. I knew I'd curse you for the longest time. Like,
3: yeah, it's like it's like the validation of being like everyone told me that this would never work out between us because you left me for Augustine, Augustine, (laughs) Augustine, Um, and then like she's like, no, I knew you'd come back, and I like it's such a like it's like a melancholy like desperately
2: romantic song because has been like no i knew you'd come back it's fine it's like when you get to the end of drag race and they're all like no i wrote down that this was the top four <laughs> <laughs> and look at the material look at that i wrote it down <laughs> i swear i wrote it down it's I wrote it down it's not here but i wrote it down yeah it also made every single person be like Oh, yes, I do have a cardigan under my bed. Yeah, right. Well, like, also, I just what I did love about this album is that it did come out in
3: July. Yeah, but we were acting like it was full as winter, (laughs) literally wrapped up on our living room floor, wrapped in like flannels on flannels and like a fuzzy hat and being like, oh, my God, I love fall. Right. (laughs) And it's like 90 degrees outside. Our air conditioner is like blasting. We're like, but I love
2: I love the fall. We love the fall. Oh, so good. I love cardigan. Way to go. And we get to The Last Great American Dynasty. I mean, come on now. Come on now. She's the moment. Now. Rebecca Harkness. I will say I don't I didn't know anything about
3: Rebecca. Um, and so when the song started and we were again we had some candy. The very first time I listened to it, uh, I was like, "Oh wow, she's really
2: creating characters,
3: huh?" <laughs> oh
2: wow, she's re- She's
3: naming them. She's really. Um, and then once I figured out it was about a real person, and I was like, "Oh, that's iconic." Um, and then she does, like she says in in the in the long pond sessions, she does the thing, mm-hmm. the country music thing, which I, is this country. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It does the turnaround. If it is Taylor Swift's definition definition of country, which was that they're songs that are about stories which is literally what she said when she was a kid then yeah yeah, yeah. i mean
3: and like this is such a just dis- it's so good that she it pulls a bait and switch on it like mm-hmm. it's fun, the whole song being like i'm telling a story about rebecca and at the very end she's like i bought the house and i ruined everything it's so good it's so good
2: i ruined rhode island it's my favorite song about real estate literally ever Truly, yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to buy like a house now and just make everyone hate me. <laughs> I do like so. Taylor is a noted um, cat person, and she makes a change in her song. The story, the actual story: Rebecca stole her neighbor's cat, but oh, Taylor, yeah. Taylor loves cats, so she changed it to dogs.
3: Wait, really? Yeah, that's so funny.
2: So you can I be creative that. with history. It's okay.
3: <laughs> it's true. It's just, this is historical fiction yeah and also like the thing about this song that also is just seemingly impossible is that it's like catchy as hell it's so good like the Mm -hmm. melodies are great i think the production is incredible i love like i love everything about this song also this is going to be me the entire album because i love everything on this album there's not a single song that i don't like
2: of course well and she also as i was reading about her creation of this album she was like i also like Opened the box of words that I don't usually put into songs, but are because they're like big and, uh, complicated, and complicated and unwieldy. And, yeah. So she's like, I use like divorcee and like she even mentions
3: it mentions on the other thing. She's like, Oh, I really love the word hoax because it's got the letter X in it. And I'm just like, Oh, you think about like language and words in a way that like because that's literally you've been writing songs for your entire life i'm like i don't think about
2: letters (laughs) (laughs) taylor swift is so fascinating to me because she is an intense big example of like what can happen if artists are properly funded their entire life oh yeah and like she's more than properly funded yeah she's never had to serve a table and
3: then go home and write you know like yeah like she didn't write like literally i mean they can't see it but like i have a core container from our old job at maysville the bourbon bar rip and it's just full of post-it notes because i would write lyrics on post-it notes and i have it still just in case i'm like "Eh," i'll just like look through it and be like oh that actually wasn't bad (laughs) Mm, yeah but i i don't have like a beautiful journal filled with the letters and words that i like because it's we got we got too much shit to do
2: we got too many things i mean she has her own set of issues but yeah i do find it fascinating just like what can happen if you were like paid to be a writer when you're a great writer you get to grow and make folklore yeah and
3: also she had always i love that she says she's been she'd been trying to write a song about rebecca for her entire life she's obsessed with her and then just like this just clicked mm-hmm. love it it's so good that so we get to exile one
2: of the most devastating songs I've ever heard in my entire goddamn life, which is written <laughs> by Taylor Swift, Justin Vernon, and, and William, William Bowery. Bowery.
3: I love that she l- made her boyfriend change his name so it wouldn't be a thing. Because <laughs> yes, it would so have funny. been a
2: thing. It would have been a thing if the album dropped and it had Joe Alwyn's name on it. Yeah. Because everyone would have been like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I love that she kept it a
3: secret. I love that she was like, and then she reveals it and hilariously in long pun sessions. But mm-hmm. I just love that she's like, yeah, he wrote it. And like, I love that, she, I love that they were so clear about, they're like, we don't want to work together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then one day she just heard this song and was like, actually, I think we need to work together.
2: <laughs> I... I'm a narcissist, okay? Well, we love that. Uh, <laughs> so when i watch things i'm often like oh where can i fit in this world I, can i do this can i sing this can i be in that acting oh, all right it's really, actor you know, syndrome blah, blah, blah. and so that's why like i love watching a chorus line because like i just don't dance like that <laughs> so i love this song because it has an actual bass in it and it's just not me right so i could just like listen also
3: remember how like I mean, to be fair, I've only, I only really listened to Buddy Bear's like first two albums and I liked them a lot, but I listened to them a lot. The first line of this song came on and I was like, huh? Who? That's He who? can sing how low? How low it like, how it's so low. Cause I mean, he's mostly sings in falsetto on his albums. Mm-hmm. And I was so taken aback by how like deep and booming it is. It's so good. I will say, um, I actually prefer the long pond sessions yes. version of this. I just think it's a little more raw. And, um, I mean, but I mean, I love ugh, I love the song. Also, um, I said this earlier in one of the episodes. Well, I can't remember what song it is now. Um, there's a bonus track on, I think, Speak Now that had the lyric, I think I've seen this film before or something like that. And this is like her bringing it back.
2: Yes, you are correct. You did make that. I don't remember. It's
3: so it's just so good. Also, I love using the lyric. I'm leaving out the side door whenever I'm at a bar and it's busy. Be like, mm, I'm leaving out the side door.
2: <laughs> I'd love that just so step right out. There's no amount of crying I could do for you. It just grows so nicely.
3: Yeah, I remember like feeling like I was sinking into the floor when that started happening. Cause it like the chorus just kind of like it feels like a relationship falling apart. Mm-hmm. It just like kind of keeps escalating and escalating, and
2: you're like, oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, don't do it. Oh god, here they go, they go, they go, they go. Uh, it's so good. We get to track five her track five my tears ricochet this song is so like
3: there's a lot of taylor songs that are sad that i'm like yes let's let me listen to it on repeat this one is sad mm. like sad in a way that i'm like oh okay let me lay down <laughs> <laughs> i do have to skip this one sometimes
2: because i'm just like it's so sad and you're the hero flying around saving face and if i'm dead to you why are you at the wake <laughs> Cause of my name,
3: it's so good. Also,
2: you—you
3: you know, I didn't want to have to haunt you, but what a ghostly scene! You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. It's just like, oh, I just also the main lyric. I didn't have it in myself to go with grace. Mm-hmm. Is so iconic, <laughs> <laughs> being like, yeah, no, I wasn't. This wasn't gonna be easy. If I'm going, I'm going out
2: hard. <laughs> And you can aim, I'm just, like, this whole thing, I'm just going to be reading the song to people. It's like, and you can aim for my heart, go for blood, but you would still miss me in your bones. (laughs) Also, I I, I didn't realize
3: that the lyric was, and I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky. Mm. Because she just starts screaming. It just, like... Because it's so high in the production, until I heard Long Pond Sessions, because she keeps it down, mm -hmm. the octave. And once I heard that lyric, I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Also, that this was her track five, I was like, man, she wasn't like really leaning into like darkness on this album in a way. She's the only songwriter on this song. Yeah, and like she, in the uh, the performance of it, she's like,
2: it ends and she's like, "Oof!" I'm like, girl, who hurt you? You had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. You turned into your worst fears. So good. <sighs> Taylor.
3: (laughs) Taylor. We don't even have anything to say about these songs because they're so good. (laughs) I'm a mirrorball. Okay, everyone. All right. Get into it. This song's a masterpiece. And if you don't get mirrorball, we can't be friends. Sorry. Wait,
2: put it into your your Google. I put it in. Uh, Do you have a photo next to it? Oh, I just typed in lyrics. I put mirrorball, lyrics, Taylor Swift.
3: Mirror ball lyrics taylor swift (laughs) wait i love that picture so much somebody made isn't who made that i have no idea i want to say that our friend made that but it's so incredibly funny i wish that we could show it on a podcast but it's quite literally a mirror ball and it's taylor's heads on it and she's got two little feet and arms
2: (laughs) i just think it's funny that that's uh, google's like that's like the official (laughs)
3: picture attached to the lyrics it's so funny that's absolutely incredible uh um this was the song when we first listened to it where i was like i loved everything up until this point but this one i was like oh my god this is my favorite album of all time like (laughs) and this makes sense it's your boy jack it's my boy jack it also I love that it sounds like a Stevie Nicks, like it sounds like the kind of song Stevie Nicks like wrote backstage. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like that video of her singing wild heart. Like it just feels to me so like luscious and it immediately paints a picture of like an old bar in your small town that everyone goes to because there's nothing else to do. Like, I just think it's so evocative of imagery while also being so interesting about, like how everything is falling apart in terms of the pandemic. And also as a performer, like when you don't have your opportunity to do what you do, what, what worth do you have? Mm -hmm. And I also love that. She says, she's like, we're expected to be this shiny sparkly thing that everybody loves, but we're also, but especially only if we're broken. Mm -hmm. And like, I've never called a disco ball, a mirror
2: ball in my life, but I won't call it anything else now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. When you're like doing a show and they're like, Oh, look, you have a disco ball, and they're like, it is not that. It's a mirror ball. I'm like, cool. Jam. Great. Um, yeah. I, I also love the hush when no one oh, is yeah. around, my dear. It's so good. She loves to do that on this album. She loves to be like, ba 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 like, Yeah. I love that every album has gotten lower.
3: Yeah. Because she does way cooler things with her voice when she's not expected to sing it in a stadium and like do high notes and crazy shit. Like, Reputation had, like, an up moment. Mm -hmm. And, like, lovers still got some high stuff, too. But I love that overall, like, all of her keys just kind of start getting a little lower. And everything starts feeling a little more purposeful as opposed to just...
2: It feels a little more, like, musical versus having to put something on a stage. It is kind of an interesting look on, like, what a mirror ball does. Because she's like, I'm a mirror ball. I can change everything about me to fit in. And, like, technically you could, yeah, use a mirror ball for anything. But I always picture them as very, like, static. Like, it is a giant ball of glass. And yet, yet, it's a bunch of tiny pieces of glass. That are broken and put together to reflect. Also,
3: I just don't understand how somebody sits down and writes a lyric like, you are not like the regulars, the masquerade revelers, drunk as they watch my shattered edges glisten. Like, bitch. (laughs) That's like... Taylor Swift could have written Hamilton. (laughs) the first time the first time that i like heard that lyric i was like wait what and then i listened to it again and i was like wait what like that is again just so much information and imagery like packed into three lines but then i love that like she'll throw in something as complicated as that and then throw it back down to just like i'm spinning just for you i'm trying to be the thing that you want me to be and i will and you might not ever even know what the real version of me is.
2: It's just amazing that also musically it, it sounds like a party's already happened and you're still there. Yeah. It's the end of the party. The balloons are like deflating. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, it makes me think of like an old
3: like small town bar and there's like someone singing karaoke and it's very sad. Just swaying, just doing a sad, sad karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Very liability.
2: <laughs> liability.
3: Oh, he's, He's
2: singing from other albums today. All albums, <laughs> all albums, up and down. Uh, she's back with her voice. Okay, and then we get to seven. What, like, where did this song come from?
3: My God, Joni Mitchell asks, "What the hell? Where did like this vocal?" I, this
2: song started, and I was like, "What?" I remember remember when Joni Mitchell was supposed was uh, Taylor was going to play Joni Mitchell, and Joni was like, "Good luck, <laughs> good luck singing
3: it." <laughs> well, and then I heard like this album, and I was like, "I think she'd actually do a really good job." <laughs> Oh, um, I, I will say, uh, like this is like a lot of people's favorite song on the album. The first time I heard it, I, it was my least favorite. Um, I didn't quite get it for a while, and then I listened to this album approximately a hundred thousand times, and mm-hmm. then I got
2: it. I the way that each line is recorded and delivered, I had a hard time like connecting it as a full thought. Yeah, it's interesting.
3: A lot of the phrases go over; they like connect over. I'm trying to think of the right word to say this. There's like an actual... Like the phrasing is, is a
2: little unexpected. I do often have... Sweet tea in the summer. Cross my yeah. heart won't tell no other. Stuck in my head.
3: I mean, also, we have to be clear. The most iconic part of the song is we're right in the the bridge. She just gives you an entire story about two kids growing up and how one of them it has an abusive father probably. And... Just like I've been meaning to tell you, I think your house is haunted. Your dad is always mad, and that must be why it's like such an I love that it's like her being like putting herself immediately into this idea of being a kid again, where you have to rationalize things in the only way you know how, even like though it's like a very serious real life thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that the song is about her being like, "Please picture me when I was that way, And then in the bridge, she becomes that for a second. She's a genius.
2: And she gets to kind of the crux of why she named the album Folklore, like in this song. And she says, and just like a folk song, our love will be passed on. And she said as she was writing this and creating this album, she was like, that was kind of the vibe of I want to make songs that feel like they've been shared through generations forever. And I mean, these songs feel like they've been out for a decade. Yeah. It's one of those albums that on first listen, I was like, I know that this is new, but it also feels known yeah she has an ability to do that too because like even the all
3: too well 10 minute version Mm -hmm. those new verses were like that we had not heard before all of a sudden i like knew all the words yeah after like two listens because she just has like a it just sticks
2: (laughs) is this also the song that she talks about like how we used to have full-on tantrums and how we just don't yeah like when you're yeah in the long pond session she's like i
3: i you see a kid having a full tantrum and feeling every aspect of that feeling And then you get older and you're like, society says I'm not allowed to do that. But like, where does all that anger go? Yeah, where does that energy go? Just like trapped inside our fragile little bodies. Little
2: bodies. Little bodies. a little body. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But then. But then. uh, The
3: second of the trilogy. August. It's so dumb how good this album is. Like, it's almost just like it's almost exhausting, Taylor. Like, every song is. just so good (laughs) it's just like like this is
2: exhausting like we are never getting back together like (laughs) (laughs) no um sorry i just looked at my (laughs) mic that peaked um she's peaking august is also part of the trilogy
3: there's so many things that i love about the song um i love that it literally sounds like summer Mm -hmm. i love that it's about someone being like i had a whole summer with you but i kind of knew it was not gonna work out and it didn't and it made me sad but i'm not really like i like knew this was gonna happen (laughs) yeah because i knew it was never mine (laughs) yeah and i love that it's like it's it's almost like not a sad song even though it is like the the, what happens is sad but i love that the song doesn't feel
2: sad it feels more about the like remembering how fun it was Mm -hmm. i think there's like a so this is from the perspective of the person that was with James when he was James with Betty, so. the, she's the other woman. Yeah, and I the think, Meredith Gray. I think there's something about when you know that like this can't grow past a certain point when you're meeting someone. Yeah, there is a sadness to it, which I think is in the song. But there's also a freedom in like I know how far this can go, so I don't have to like. So I'm going to just enjoy the ride. Yeah, I I get to just meet me behind the mall. Meet me behind the mall. The amount of Instagram captions this album has given us, like, holy shit.
3: Oh, my God. Then also the little turnaround thing that she, like, apparently wrote in the booth. Remember when I pulled up and said get in the car and then canceled my plans just in case you'd call back when I was living for the hope of of it all? It, like, captures the whole song in, like, one little
2: tag. And you get there and you you know it's a Jack Antonoff song.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I love, like, how much he loves the song. He gets so excited when they perform it.
2: I I just love the... And I can see it's twisted in bedsheets. Like, the delivery of it makes me... Like, I don't get tangled in bedsheets. I don't have a top sheet. (laughs) (laughs) Top. Top. Um, (laughs) Somebody say top? Somebody Uh,
3: say big. I mean... (laughs) Somebody say (laughs) big. Also, just, like... The, the lyric, August slipped away like a bottle of wine because you were never mine. It's just like immediately iconic. Like immediately every time I'm drinking wine, I'm like, it's like August. It's like the month of August. <laughs> oh my God, it's just the month of August.
2: Which is a great month for me because it's the month I was born. But also like I understand that it is not everyone's favorite. <laughs> what? wait why why would august not be everyone's favorite because like by the time you get to august it's been summer for so long and you have been sweaty for so long and people are like i mean actually
3: i do think that's a good point i think that's purposeful and why she wrote the song about august and named this girl augustine because it's right before you go back to school yeah because you were never mind because you're never mind you're gonna go back to school and i'm gonna just be at the mall oh my god nope that doesn't make sense never mind (laughs) all right anyway next song (laughs) (laughs) Is it this is me trying next? Yeah. All right. Well, fuck me.
2: <laughs> this
3: song ruined my life when I when I first heard it. Tell us
2: about that, Sean. Open up. Be, <laughs> uh, be vulnerable on this recorded podcast.
3: Um. Well, first of all, this song <laughs> sounds like uh. It reminds me a lot of one of my favorite bands, uh Frightened Rabbit, which is was a uh Scottish band that was basically like a way better version of Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. I also kind of like Mumford and Sons, don't tell anybody. Um White. <laughs> 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 and and have a lot of European family members. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this song, a lot of the instrumentation reminded me a lot of their album. And that also makes me sad because the lead singer of that um band died it was very sad um but i think this song is like and they talk about it that's what they talk about in long pond is like what other people might see as the worst is like somebody's absolute best and like just because it seems like they're fucking up like that might be them really trying to not fuck up more yeah <laughs> and i think like this coming out in the middle of a pandemic it was just like everyone kind of felt this way slash still feels this way of like how do you do your
2: best when everything is so bad (laughs) yeah no i think um i think a lot of artists our age and in our like level of success um went through kind of a mental mind break um throughout this time as we haven't been able to literally capitalize on our potential that is still within us um To create the things that we know. Yeah, at this point we've
3: lost two years, going now into our third year of, and like everything, especially if you're a performer, like a live artist in any capacity.
2: Yeah, I've like it's been hard to describe what, because like in the theater industry, everyone's like, so many jobs were lost, and that is horrible. But like another, the thing that affects me most is the uh, job potential has been lost, right?
3: yeah so then it's like extra and like it's already a a market job situation that makes you feel hopeless a lot of the time but we at least felt like we could like wake up and still go to an audition the next day and at least we're like trying Mm -hmm. and then that gets taken away and then you just kind of hit a point where like like with the song you're just like i i i got up and i worked out today so i guess that's and that's taking care of my body which would make sure that i'm ready for if i do get something or like something like i don't know i got drunk in some us for a commercial that worked out but like,
2: yeah i just think the entire collective from they told me all my cages were mental so i got wasted like all my potential and my words shoot to kill when i'm mad i have a lot of regrets about that Ugh. i was sort of ahead of the curve the curve became a sphere fell behind on my classmates and i ended up here pouring out my stranger. Pouring Out My Heart to a Stranger But I Didn't Pour the Whiskey, I think is legitimately stolen from Ryan Taylor Andrews's life. I, I mean, yeah, that's actually pretty spot on, like, word for word. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so when I got to this song, I was like,
2: uh, uh, I can't, Nope. Mm-mm,
1: nope.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just like, also just like that the main lyric is like, I just wanted you to know this is me trying. It's like, just like that, like, almost like the begging of being like, please understand that I, this is, I'm not trying to not, I, i'm not doing this on purpose <laughs> right i'm not this way on purpose everything is just really fucked up right now
2: yeah yeah it's so and, good and if you haven't found it or seen it anywhere sean does a really great cover of this so check oh my it out god, thank you so much recorded on this microphone oh my
3: god uh, oh
2: my god I'm... this next song
3: okay like that's the other thing is that like <laughs> You think you're going to maybe get, like, a break? Like, after this is me trying, you're like, whew, okay, we must be getting some, like, levity here. And then she goes, well,
2: that's the thing about illicit affairs. And you're like, well, fuck, Taylor is continuing to read Ryan Taylor Andrews specifically. (laughs) Listen, this is a read of pretty much, I think, any
3: gay man between 20 and 30, because everyone goes through this at some point.
2: It just, you know, as a a expert in sleeping with unavailable men, um, (laughs) this... (laughs) I will say, if you told me you were out for a run,
3: I'd be like, (laughs) because you work out a lot. We go to CrossFit all the time. But I don't. If you said I'm out for a run, I say, who you fucking?
2: (laughs) Those stumpy little legs ain't running nowhere. It's like I don't know. I don't know about that.
3: Your your face is looking a little flushed, and I don't buy the run thing. (laughs) Me putting on blush because we haven't been outside in like weeks. My I will say also this song is devastating. Um. And very specific about a lot of things that, like, this song, like, I love that it's it's kind of like the way the world has broken us. But this one, I was like, who is she writing this about? Like, who did who hurt her? And I was like, she's literally just writing it.
2: She gets to use
3: clandestine meetings. Oh my god! Let's talk about one of the most crazy lyrics I've ever seen in a song. Where is it? Take the words for what they are: a dwindling mercurial high. (laughs) A
2: dwindling mercurial high. <laughs> it's like, it's
3: also, like that, she jumps up on the word "high." Like it's just like a crazy lyric. A dwindling mercurial high, like a thermometer, bitch. Mercury and a thermometer. That's insane. How does your brain work?
2: <laughs> yeah, sonically, this song is h- not hilarious. That was the wrong choice. It's <laughs> this song's hilarious. This song is so funny. <laughs> it's just how every other Santa is like. Bah, bah, da, bah, bah, da, bah, bah. Like. It's a weird choice. It's like a it's an odd musical choice. It's so cool.
3: Also, I just remember somebody this when this came out, uh, somebody I follow on Twitter is tweeting and they're like, "I don't really like Taylor, but I'm going to give this a listen." And then they just got to the song and all they wrote was, "Don't call me kid, don't call me baby. Look at this idiotic fool that you made me. You taught me a secret language I can't speak with anybody else." Um, and they just wrote those lyrics and they just went,
2: "Fuck, she got me. She gets you." <laughs> I think she watched the hit film Chloe. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> Listen, we could do an entire podcast on how nobody talks about how good Amanda Secret is in Chloe, but yeah, she really um, Also, I will say this song, despite being devastating, it is very fun to throw into everyday conversation. For example, if you said, Hey, I'm going to run to the store, I need to get some green beans. I say, Well, that's the thing about illicit affairs. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing about illicit affairs. <laughs> Just just throw it into any in the middle of anything, if somebody's asks you a question be like, Well, that's the thing about illicit affairs. yeah Great. Works every time.
2: I also love that she's able to be like, Yeah, that's the thing about illicit affairs, but like you no matter what, in any of these situations that at least I've been in, there is a, a key moment where you're like, Oh fuck, like this isn't actually good for me or you, probably. But I'm probably gonna keep doing but it. But I'm gonna keep doing it. And then they you just keep Going until it phases out or whatever. And it's like, yeah, they do lie and they lie and they lie and they lie a million little times. Yeah. And then, you know, suddenly you're 25
3: and you decided to live on a boat for a year.
2: <laughs> Being a human is so weird.
3: I know. And like, that's a, but like, again, another thing. She wrote a song and I was just like, well, this is actually about me personally. <laughs> you said, how dare you take this from my life? Oh, but then we get a fun one. I love this song. That's actually about her and it's it is this the cute song this is this is the cute song but this one i really love because it feels genuine and not like
2: like this is cute it's like no you know what's cute like
3: genuine love
2: (laughs) she also like speak this is invisible string she also speaks about london in a like (sighs) like taylor took a breath way as opposed to london boy where it's just like a list of places (laughs) You know I like to take the tube and the go to the Camden town
3: and do this in... Yeah, like, London Boy feels so crazy, whereas, like, this is like... No, like, I used to just read in the park. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you probably did read in Centennial Park. Good for you. Also, writing writing about her boyfriend hearing her on the radio in the funniest possible way. Like, it's such a funny lyric because it she literally t- talks about bad blood... Yeah, in the middle of like a cute little song, like "Bad" was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA. Also, I want to—you know—that there's a waitress out there that's like this song is about me.
2: This is me. I said that to her.
3: I was I was the bold waitress on on their three year trip getting lunch down by
2: the lakes, the titular lakes. <laughs> this song, while it is the cute song, cuts me every time when I think too hard about um, how time, mystical time, cutting me open, then healing me fine, like taking the time heals everything idea and being like eh, it did okay <laughs> yeah
3: also like it can really fuck with you too yeah also come on now if you're gonna do an autobiographical song you got like in a, in a time where she's like not really doing that cold was the steel of my axe to grind for the boys who broke my heart now i send their babies presents is like i just love that it's like it's not even her being like we're good it's her being like no like we're like it's really fine (laughs) like i'm not even trying to prove a point it's just being like oh my god can you believe that like i used to have all these like fights and feuds with like boys that i dated and she's like now i'm like friends with all of them it's really not a big deal
2: because when you find i have no idea if this is true or not but when you find your person all that doesn't really make any it doesn't matter no because
3: why would you be worried about the people in your past when
2: you can have your future when a string connected you all of this time tying you to me E-e-e-e-e-e-e-e-e.
3: yes i love the song i think it's so sweet i feel like it should be more people's like wedding song or something
2: i also like the the send the baby's presents. i i'm sure it wasn't like the point of the song but it also is like okay so stop writing about it like if i run into harry styles like you don't have to write an article about how exes, Harry Styles, and Taylor Swift saw each other at an award show. Right. It's like she's just like, no, like, we're literally friends. It's, it's very fine. Yeah, it's totally chill.
3: I feel like that, that happens in real life all the time, too. Like, I feel like I always had people be like, oh, my God, did, you, saw your, you saw your ex while you were back home? And I'm like, yeah, we text, too. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Mad woman. Woman. Okay, first of all, I have to say the first time I heard this, I wasn't looking at the lyrics, and I thought Taylor said, does she smile or does she mouth fuck you forever? Oh. (laughs) And I was like, Taylor? I was like, whoa. I was like, did Taylor just say mouth (laughs) fuck? And that is why commas are important. (laughs) Punctuation matters. Coming Uh, from me. (laughs) Or does she mouth, comma, fuck you forever? Changes the meaning a little bit
2: call me crazy get crazy what about that
3: just singing the song just, singing the, just whole song. singing the whole song this is me doing covers I like this I, I mean, we love Angry Taylor
2: and this is literally her commenting on the idea of Angry Taylor and I think it's um it's better than the man for sure <laughs> uh,
3: yeah I do like I think this song is like really really great and it is kind of just exactly what it is though it's her just being like it, this one also feels like very about um scooter yeah the
2: scooter of it all but also maybe that's just me projecting she could be mad at other people too it could be it could not be i mean i I do think the um and women like hunting winches too doing your dirtiest work for you it's obviously wanted me dead has that wanting me dead has really brought you two together is probably about female artists who have signed with him since the beginning of this
3: yeah, like it all it, it all just feels a little like a larger concept to me than like a relationship. It feels a little more like this is about something professional.
2: Yeah, I do like that. She writes, they say move on, but, you know, I won't. But, you know, I won't. Yeah, it's so good because you don't have to immediately move on. Like, I don't know. I think about this a lot when people are like, ignore them or like if someone's being really shitty to you, just like you work hard and ignore what they're doing and like, don't Go back, like don't fire back or whatever. And it's like, why? Yeah, like why
3: like I remember people got really mad at um Taylor for when she kind of snapped back at the that one TV show that I don't care about. Um they like made a joke about Taylor Swift having like a zillion boyfriend oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And so she and she just tweeted and she was like, Aren't you all so bored? Like <laughs> she's like, How is it how are people still making jokes like this? Like it's not She's like, update your script, like just make a better joke. It's just not and there's like now like and I will say like Stan culture is fucked. So like then of course like the actresses in the show were getting like crazy threats from crazy Swifties and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, that wasn't their fault. It was the writer's fault. Yeah. Um but like she's right to be mad. She has every right to be mad. Being called being called like a a slut and a harlot for like 15 years of your life, and you're just like, I just want to make music. Can you all just leave me alone? Yeah. Like, and if you're gonna make the joke, write a good joke. Yeah, at least be funny be funny where are the jokes not here again the only movie with a good taylor swift joke is anna Anna and the apocalypse and we love that movie great film. everyone watch anna the apocalypse it's fantastic film um but also i just love that this entire song's like thing is like the master of spin has a couple of side flings good wives always know she should be mad should be scathing like me but no one likes a mad woman Mm -hmm. like it's her being like everyone else should also be mad
2: about this But I'm the crazy one. (laughs) Well, and like, I'm the only one that like, quote unquote, gets to be because I'm at this level of success. Like, that's the thing that I think is fascinating about Taylor as an artist um, in interviews and stuff when she is, as we pointed out a few times, like suing for a dollar for sexual assault, um, standing up for like new writers who are on streaming services like these things. She knows that these things go beyond her or like even as she like she says sometimes she'll go to Jack and she'll have a full written song and like a lot of writers and producers won't work with people who do that because they need to get a writer credit on the song in order to make money because of the way that the industry is set up unless they're producing yeah Yeah, so she's like she's aware of the issues (laughs) and doing her best to do it to fix it and a lot of the time, it's, like, people will snap back, like, well, why is Taylor Swift, like, Taylor Swift is making clearly enough money to, like. It's like, no, but she's trying to change,
3: <laughs> like, the, I think the only reason she's really even doing the Taylor's version thing, it's not because she needs the money, it's about, she's like, I'm setting a precedent for all the girls that are coming underneath me. Like, so this doesn't happen to, like, Olivia Rodrigo. So that
2: artists like Maggie Rogers know.
3: Maggie Rogers showed up to her meeting with Capitol Records with a binder that she had, like, fully prepared. And the very first thing on the first page was, I want ownership of my masters because of what happened to Taylor Swift.
2: Yeah, we've just, like, grown up in a time, I mean, beyond us, too, where any kind of artist has been conditioned that you are lucky and you are blessed and you do not. I mean, it's the problem with the theater industry. You don't have the right to ask for things that are given to people who work in any other industry
3: oh yeah i mean like literally i was like about to say this this song is clearly like from a a woman perspective and like that is not me but the idea of i feel like everyone should be mad about this i feel like the crazy person for speaking up about it Mm -hmm. is how i feel about 99 percent of things to do with the theater industry right now yeah
2: or being a out queer entertainer
3: yeah Like, I just feel like every day I look around and I'll see, like, everyone being like, we need change. And I'm like, we should all just say what we actually want and stop saying change. And then also, we should stop saying we want something to change and then not doing anything about it because we would rather just get our paycheck.
2: (laughs) It is a trick. Anyway, but, you know, no
3: one likes a mad woman. So, no. Anyway, I fucking love Epiphany. Woman. (laughs) Tell me about Epiphany. I fucking love this song. I think it is. One of the best on the album. The first time I heard this song, I was like, is this song too on the nose Mm. about the world? Yeah. And then the further we get away from like July, I think it's crazy she wrote this song when she did. Because we were, I mean, we were all just like, didn't even know what the fuck was going on. And she had the idea to write a song about like, it's not even about the suffering. It's about like all of these people that are suffering and being like, what if you just had a very brief moment of peace in the middle of all of this terrible. And I'm like, again, the empathy she has for other people is like wild. Like instead of writing a song being like, isn't it bad that everything sucks right now? It was just like, I can only hope that you get 20 minutes of. A time where you're not, where you can maybe justify all of the shit that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And
2: I'm like, I just think it's so, so beautiful. I thought she watched Grey's Anatomy and wrote it. Oh yeah. She's a big fan of Grey's. It feels like a song that could be on grace. I'm surprised that I yeah, actually wouldn't be surprised if it has. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's like the way that also
3: like the way she is like talks about like her grandfather being in war mm-hmm. and how he couldn't talk about the things that he saw and then like having the empathy to be like, that's what people in hospitals are doing right now is they're like literally
2: just watching people die all around them. And then going home and having people be like, it's not real that's insane it's (sighs) that's insane so
3: stupid so like um (laughs) but also i just i i love the i think the production of the song is like so gorgeous i love that she used strings i love that she uses like these like synthy layers it's i love like the vocal layering on it i just think it's really really extraordinary and i think a lot of people wrote it off as like oh she wrote a covid song i'm like no no
2: (laughs) it's really fucking gorgeous just some things you just can't speak about It's just a fascinating thing about anybody's trauma. There are just things in your life that you're like, I can't speak about, or when I do speak about it, there's no way that it's coming out correctly because like, I'm trying to share it in a space that it's like, just not meant to be shared. Also, like you just kind of don't want to relive it and like,
3: you Mm -hmm. can't justify it. that's why like, I love that the song is about, I like you only have 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes of sleep, you maybe will have a chance to at least make some sense of it, like all of the suffering.
0: It
2: is wild. Cause it's really, it's the second to least listened to song on the album.
3: I think it's so beautiful. And I also think the long pond session one is like, fantastic. Very
2: good, very, very good.
3: Anyway, stream epiphany. Get on it. And then we get to Betty, Betty, the song that made us all think that she was writing a song about a lesbian until the very last second. <laughs> We were all like queer Taylor, queer Taylor,
1: yay! Yeah.
2: And then it's like James get in, and all of us went, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So this is from the perspective of the boy in the entire love triangle, and these characters are named by uh, Blake Lively's kids. So <laughs> yeah, before they were even born, right? I think so. Um, I mean, I love,
3: I love that. Inez mm-hmm. Is a fully realized character I know who Inez is Oh yeah We all know Inez You've heard the rumors from Inez You've heard You can't believe it Most works. times It's so good I love it most times It's so it, I also love that this is like a genuine country song Yeah And it's written
2: with uh, With William Bowery Good old Joe William Bowery <laughs> Yeah I do think it's fun that Taylor was like She's just beyond genre She's just Beyond genre And so she Also like this This album I love It's
3: crazy though Cause like lover to me feels like one genre and feels disjointed to me Mm -hmm. and this is like a zillion genres and feels
2: so connected feels very cohesive it feels like an invisible string work tying it together
3: (laughs) yeah there's something about like you get to this moment and it feels right on the album which is wild
2: Mm -hmm. because it is just like a sudden country moment
3: i will say i don't think this sudden country moment on evermore is quite as successful as being cohesive but
2: I love this one. Yeah. It's interesting cuz I would say this is the third act of the album. Yeah. Very clearly. So it's a nice like, oh, I'm I'm back. Not that I like fell asleep, but it's just like the way the so- sonically, the way that it it makes a big shift, especially from Epiphany. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you get these
3: guitars and stuff that like just we haven't heard that in a minute. Honestly, there's just nothing more satisfying than the turnaround of So I Showed Up At Your Party and then a key change it's just like it's a musical it's it's a full-ass musical in
2: three songs it's great i love that in it james is like i'm only 17 i don't know anything and then in cardigan she's like people say that you don't know everything when you're young but i know everything like i
3: fully realized fully everything like Mm -hmm. it's and she did this on three separate songs that people like didn't even realize were officially connected until like the end of the album which also makes the whole album feel like we're getting all these bits of stories from people but then there's also some through lines within it that you
2: can kind of latch onto as you go it's so cool which i think is what makes this album feel so cohesive yeah cuz even if you're not looking for these stories which i'm going to say i wasn't initially i was not like i'm no. i'm not like an easter egg person i like when they're pointed out to me but i i've never once tried to f- find like the images in her photos that tell me what's going on Oh, no. And I do love that she's leaned into it, though, because it's hilarious. Yeah. I. God. God bless. What a great song. So good. I hate the crowds. You know that. Plus, I saw you dance with him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also,
3: and like this was her return to the CMAs for the first time in like Mm -hmm. 10 years, right? Yeah. She shows up and she's like, guess what? I'm going to get album of the year. But also, I'm going to. I'm still part of this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Guys, remember how I can do whatever the fuck I want. Remember how this was my town? <laughs> I ran this town. She's like Haley Steinfeld when she sings that song about being like all these young people are doing coke in the bathroom, but I've been here forever. Taylor Swift. Helmets and headphones. Great song. Listen to Haley Steinfeld. Different vibes, Honestly, but like not a single, not fantastic. a single flop song. Mm-hmm.
3: um We love, we love. Peace. Peace. Uh, this one, I my, I mean, my favorites on this album change like every other day. Great. um This one is consistently at the top of the list, though like like right below mirror ball but yeah i think this song is like a when i first heard this song and aaron talks about it in long pond sessions i was like she's playing with some crazy musical phrasing here like the way the song is like structured is bonkers Mm -hmm. and i love that aaron was like yeah i sent you the backing track and you sent back peace and I was like, oh, you followed all the meter changes and like you followed all of the everything and you added you created these crazy melodic lines within it. And everyone's like, yeah, like Taylor's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's really good. Like, I don't really know how she wrote the give you the silence that only comes when two people like I can't even do it. Mm-hmm. Give you the silence that only comes when, comes when two people understand, people, understand each, each other. Family your brother as my brother, Joe's brother. It's our favorite character. So good yeah joe's brother again making a cameo
2: but there's robbers to the east clowns to the west
3: <gasps> when she rolls her eyes and looks at the camera in the long pond sessions because i also love that it's like clowns to the west it's just, it's such a casual quiet thing she's like i'm not talking about kanye west am i or am i oops, oops. look what we made you do i i just think the song is so gorgeous i love i love the like like the like thing in the track it's so cool there's like this forward momentum to it and i i love that it feels like you could get lost in it because of how sparse the bass is or guitar i actually don't know if it's a bass or guitar um but like because it has that constant da, 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 da. um and i also love that aaron and taylor talk about it and they're like for taylor this is a song about her celebrity mm-hmm. and her being like i we'll never be able to give you a peaceful life because I'm Taylor Swift. And we just have to acknowledge it. And then for Aaron, he's like, Oh, I always thought this song was about depression. (laughs) And he's like, and for me, I'm like how I'll never be able to give you peace. But if you like are, I'll do my
2: best, which I think ties back to like, this is me trying to, I just keep looking at the, all these people think loves for a show, but I would die for you in secret. Gorgeous. Yeah. And I just, I love that she like, she phrases it all
3: in a very like we're in love but like also you're still my friend oh my god the lyric um you paint dreamscapes on the wall i talk shit with my friends it's like i'm wasting your honor it's so good Uh, i love it good job taylor i do want to cover this one at some point i love it so much i would do this in a live set
0: oh all
2: right well fine where sean's playing uh yeah someone book me and then we get to the technical end of the album
3: hoax i love that this was the original end
2: and i love the word hoax because it has an x because
3: it has an x in it um this song is fascinating and i love that they talk about it as the same way in in the interview because she's like this is the first time i've written a song about more than one thing Mm. and how it's like one one emotion came out of like lots of different things and this is where it landed because it does it feels
2: like a song i want to like dissect yeah, it feels like I could I could hand this out in like a literature class, and be You're like, like "What do you think this means? Tell me about it. What do you think it means?" Well, it's
3: like, and she she does a little callback here, like stood on the cliffside screaming, "Give me a reason,"
2: is the beginning of this is me trying. Mm-hmm. You know, I left a part of me back in New York, just like a throwback to 1989. Was the last time that Taylor was like an industry darling. Yeah, and then you knew the hero died. So what's the movie for? And then we got reputation. And like, I'm sure she misses that part of her life. Yeah. We're like, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't constantly fighting against. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew the password. So I let you in the door, you know, you won. So what's the point of keeping
3: score? <laughs> I mean, like also, you know, it's, you knew it still hurts underneath my scars from when they pulled me as part, pulled me apart. But what you did was just as dark. But then I love that. It's like, that's, it almost feels like her being like, you've broken me but then it ends with being like don't want no other shade of blue but you like if you're gonna if i'm gonna be sad i would rather be sad about you than anything else
2: yeah like the very last line of this album is no other sadness in the world would do which i think is an encompassing of the entire album like it's very like everything's
3: terrible but there's things that we can be sad about that have love in it versus like and like we can all be sad about these things together and feel like cathartic about it as opposed to just like sad about hopelessness
2: yeah because the album doesn't make me feel hopeless it also like it no. makes I me very feel sad cathartic. from time to time but i can listen to it all the time
3: yeah i mean i do i listen to it literally all the time um it's my new plane album oh yeah i like to i like to
2: listen to it on the plane and then if i fall asleep i know exactly how long i've been asleep yeah pre- <laughs> previous to that was um blessed unrest and now it's this oh yeah yeah A great a great one too. Oh, we could use Sarah albums. Yeah. And then we get to the bonus track, The Lakes, which I didn't like until Long Pond. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Oh, I like this one. Um, I like this one because I first of all I love that she didn't put it as a bonus track immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that she was like, I want everyone to hear folklore as it is, and then she released the lakes like a couple weeks later, being like, Okay, now you can hear
2: this bonus track. (laughs) Which is interesting to me because of Evermore coming out. I'm like, did she have like a few songs already? Where she was like, I just kept writing. Yeah, and like, was the idea of making another album not there yet? So she was like, "Here's the lakes." I know. I would love to see her personal
3: timeline of like how all this came about. This is this is poetry, Mama. Isn't this about a legitimate place? A what? A like actual place? Yeah, it's like the lakes in they're in uh, England where like actual poets and writers lived, right? Yeah, they used to like leave and they would um, go and just like live in houses and never see anybody and just write. And I love the idea of, I, what I love about this song is that I love that she's like playing with wordplay and like poetry, na- like poet names and like all of these specific places. But then it has this like kind of classical longing of like, I want to be able to do this thing that these poets did. While also acknowledging that like we live in a different time.
2: hmm and sad prose
3: the bridge is so wild yeah like sad prose I want to watch wisteria grow right over my bare feet because I haven't moved in years and I want you right here but the one that makes me laugh every time and I think it's supposed to be a little funny is a red rose grew up out of the ice frozen ground with no one around to tweet it <laughs> like it's it's so jarring to hear the word tweet in the middle of all of this like flowery luxurious poetry and I love that it does because it kind of reminds you as being like I I don't know if I'll ever be able to actually have this thing that I want. Right. Not in the way that our world is not. Yeah. Not in the way that they got to do it. And I kind of love romanticizing this like idea. Cause I do think it's a romantic idea. And I also think it's relatively unattainable now, mm-hmm. unless you have a shit ton of money, which she does, but yeah,
2: I mean, she could, but she probably couldn't. I don't know.
3: Yeah. But also like, I just, I just love the whole thing about being like, we don't belong here and I'm not leaving unless you come with me. It's like very romantic and beautiful
2: with my calamitous love and insurmountable grief so
3: good come on words the, the thesaurus was out the thesaurus was out on this album honey so yes my thesaurus, my thesaurus snatched across the room snatched across
2: the room <laughs>
3: i love it though
2: Wait, you want it back i don't need it it's an arkansas I, don't need it. I do need my thesaurus though we keep talking about it, katy perry <laughs> <laughs> So why do you think she's like this? Um I think that sh- this is like it's
3: weird because like obviously I don't wish covid happened because it's been the fucking worst, but it is incredible that this is how she dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, gave me like th- this was like the most like hopeful thing I feel like we had at this time. Like we were like, "Oh my god, something to look forward to and dissect and dive into and like it also like it makes me like think about that time, but there's like a positive thing because I don't know, we were so desperate for like
2: anything. Yeah. I think it's interesting to say this on somebody's eighth album that is Taylor Swift, but I think it unlocked a world of listeners and opportunities that she wouldn't have been available to her without this album.
3: Yeah. It's also it it also was a testament of being like we can re- record things remotely. I watched the long pond sessions and I said, "Why can't I re- record a song remotely?" and then I did. There you go. <laughs> like it, I found it like all like very inspiring to be like you can dive in even when you're in a time where like you can't go out, you can like dive in and find things.
2: Yeah, I think it also opened up for a lot of people who have written Taylor Swift off throughout the years as just something that's not for them. Like if they have liked this album, I know for a fact they've at least listened to one other album.
3: Yeah, and also I, working with The National. Like, so many people, like, I've, I feel like The National has a lot of people that are like, I listen to The National. I don't like Taylor Swift. And then they work together, and it's just like, oh, shit, I like
2: this. Oh, no. Oh, no, what do I do? <laughs> oh, wait, she's actually been writing very mature, poetic, and crazy lyrics and songs for years. My bad. Oh, I think I was misogynist <laughs> and it, they're not all for me right like we've listened yeah. to multiple albums i've said a lot like this is i still not never need to hear the me. song change ever again change is horrible um mary's song is not for me um but yeah i just i think this is a sound that we wouldn't have gotten from taylor i'm glad that it's there
3: i'm glad that it's leading to her collaborating with Like, now her and Big Red Machine, which it's just Aaron and Justin, but, I like, I love that, like, they're featuring her on songs now. She's doing song features. Like, it's just, like, very exciting. to. I think she's it's opened up a whole new world of her being, like, I don't have to just be the same thing of, like, I release an album that's got single bops on it. I do a stadium tour. It's, like, now she's, like, I can release two albums in six months.
0: Yeah.
2: And I don't even have to tour it. I think she can like also have more control over her life. Like when we, we talked about Miss Americana a lot, but she's talking, she's like about maybe becoming a mom at some point. And she's like, I'm, I know when I release this album, they're going to tell me when the tour is my next two years of life are scheduled. And yeah, the success of this album has kind of shaken that whole thing. And yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see what fantasy novel she writes in the future. Who knows? who knows well this has been another delightful one join us next time for our last of this series when we talk I about know. evermore i love evermore get I'm so excited get uh, uh, uh. i'll talk about ivy for an hour can't wait <laughs> until next time y'all bye bye